for most things. Three years ago, a stepmother was presented to us. We were surprised. She is a famous artist's model who claims to have been christened Topaz. Even if this is true, there is no law to make a woman stick to a name like that. She is very beautiful, with masses of hair, so fair that it is almost white, and a quite extraordinary pallor. There are two paintings of her in the Tate Gallery, one by McMorris called Topaz and Jade, in which she wears a magnificent jade necklace, and one by H.J. Allardy, which shows her nude on an old horsehair-covered sofa that she says was very prickly. She has a very deep voice, that is, she puts one on. It is part of an arty pose, which includes painting and lute-playing, but her kindness is perfectly genuine, and so is her cooking. I am very, very fond of her. It is nice to have written that just as she appears on the kitchen stairs. She is wearing her ancient orange tea gown. She paused on the top step and said, Ah, girls, with three velvety inflections on each word. Now she is sitting on the steel trivet, raking the fire, She is twenty-nine and had two husbands before father, but she still looks extraordinarily young. Now Rose is sitting on the fender, waiting for her iron to heat. She is staring at Topaz with a discontented expression. Oh dear, there has just been a slight scene. Rose asked Topaz to go to London and earn some money. Topaz replied that she didn't think it was worthwhile because it costs so much to live there. And two of the men I work for are abroad, she went on, and I don't like working for McMorris. Why not? asked Rose. He pays better than the others, doesn't he? So he ought, considering how rich he is, said Topaz. But I've had more trouble with him than I should care to let your father know. Rose said... I should have thought it was worthwhile to have a little trouble in order to earn some real money. Then you have the trouble, dear, said Topaz. This must have been very annoying to Rose, considering that she never has the slightest chance at that sort of trouble. She suddenly flung back her head dramatically and said, I'm perfectly willing to. It may interest you both to know that for some time now I've been considering selling myself— If necessary, I shall go on the streets. I told her she couldn't go on the streets in the depths of Suffolk. But if Topaz will kindly lend me the fare to London and give me a few hints... Topaz said she had never been on the streets, and rather regretted it, because one must sink to the depths in order to rise to the heights, which is the kind of Topazism it requires much affection to tolerate. And anyway... She told Rose, you're the last girl to lead a hard-working, immoral life. If you're really taken with the idea of selling yourself, you'd better choose a wealthy man and marry him respectably. This idea has, of course, occurred to Rose, but she has always hoped that the man would be handsome, romantic, and lovable into the bargain. I suppose it was her sheer despair of ever meeting any marriageable men at all, even hideous, poverty-stricken ones, that made her suddenly burst into tears. As she only cries about once a year, I really ought to have gone over and comforted her. But I wanted to set it all down here. 
I begin to see that writers are liable to become callous. Anyway, Topaz did the comforting far better than I could have done. She was most maternal, letting Rose weep all over the orange velvet tea gown. It is raining again. Stephen is coming across the courtyard. He has lived with us ever since he was a little boy. His mother used to be our maid, in the days when we could still afford one, and when she died he had nowhere to go. He grows vegetables for us and looks after the hens and does a thousand odd jobs. I can't think how we should get on without him. He is eighteen now, very fair and noble-looking, but his expression is just a fraction daft. He has always been rather devoted to me. Father calls him my swain. Stephen has come in now. The first thing he did was to light a candle and stick it on the window ledge beside me, saying, You're spoiling your eyes, Mr.